Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Friday, September 16th. I want to draw your attention to a pick on the navigation menu on the Daily Audio Torah website. It is found under Our Projects and Partners. Select Torah House Global Prayer Network. This is a call to believers throughout the nations everywhere to take a place on the wall of prayer and to raise up a standard against the rising tide of evil and lawlessness that we see in our nations and in our culture. Let me share with you from their vision statement. The Torah House is an imaginary space where we meet each Arab Shabbat at 9 p.m. We all pray from our own location and in our own time zone. Together, we will enter into the virtual Torah House every Arab Shabbat, Friday night, at 9 p.m. your local time. His set-apart people will meet with Yeshua in His Torah House. Community prayer is of tremendous value because as we pray of one heart, mind, and purpose, great power is released in the heavens. We begin our prayer time with a great shofar blast and enter Yahovah's courts with praise. We come against the relentless tide of evil that is swallowing up the nations. We ask our Father to establish His Torah in our city, our region, and our nation. Each month there is a featured prayer theme for the month so that together we can focus our prayers on the prayer theme for that month. Go to thetorahouse.com to see the prayer theme for this month. To learn more or to sign up to become a partner, coordinator, or member, go to thetorahouse.com and find out more. Join with others throughout the nations every Friday night at 9 p.m. your time, as together we raise up a symphony of prayer to Abba Father in seeking His face and crying out to Him for the remnant to return to the God of Israel and to His great and glorious Torah. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Kitavo, and it means, When you go in. Deuteronomy 28, 42-68 Swarms of insects will destroy your trees and crops. The foreigners living among you will become stronger and stronger while you become weaker and weaker. They will lend money to you, but you will not lend to them. They will be the head, and you will be the tail. If you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and to obey the commands and decrees He has given you, all these curses will pursue and overtake you until you are destroyed. 
These horrors will serve as a sign and warning among you and your descendants forever. If you do not serve the Lord your God with joy and enthusiasm for the abundant benefits you have received, you will serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you. You will be left hungry, thirsty, naked, and lacking in everything. The Lord will put an iron yoke on your neck, oppressing you harshly until he has destroyed you. The Lord will bring a distant nation against you from the end of the earth, and it will swoop down on you like a vulture. It is a nation whose language you do not understand, a fierce and heartless nation that shows no respect for the old and no pity for the young. Its armies will devour your livestock and crops, and you will be destroyed. They will leave you no grain, no wine, olive oil, calves, or lambs, and you will starve to death. They will attack your cities until all the fortified walls in your land, the walls you trusted to protect you, are knocked out. They will attack all the towns in the land the Lord your God has given you. The siege and terrible distress of the enemy's attack will be so severe that you will eat the flesh of your own sons and daughters, whom the Lord your God has given you. The most tender-hearted man among you will have no compassion for his brother, his beloved wife, and his surviving children. He will refuse to share with them the flesh he is devouring, the flesh of one of his own children, because he has nothing else to eat during the siege and terrible distress that your enemy will inflict on all your towns. The most tender and delicate woman among you, so delicate she would not so much as touch the ground with her foot, will be selfish toward the husband she loves and toward her own son or daughter. She will hide from them the afterbirth and the new baby she has born, so that she herself can secretly eat them. She will have nothing else to eat during the siege and terrible distress that your enemy will inflict on all your towns. If you refuse to obey all the words of the instructions that are written in this book, and if you do not fear the glorious and awesome name of the Lord your God, then the Lord will overwhelm you and your children with indescribable plagues. These plagues will be intense and without relief, making you miserable and unbearably sick. He will afflict you with all the diseases of Egypt that you feared so much, and you will have no relief. The Lord will afflict you with every sickness and plague there is, even those not mentioned in this book of instruction, until you are destroyed. Though you become as numerous as the stars in the sky, few of you will be left because you would not listen to the Lord your God. Just as the Lord has found great pleasure in causing you to prosper and multiply, the Lord will find pleasure in destroying you. You will be torn from the land you are about to enter and occupy. For the Lord will scatter you among all the nations from one end of the earth to the other. There you will worship foreign gods that neither you nor your ancestors have known, gods made of wood and stone. There among those nations you will find no peace or place to rest. And the Lord will cause your heart to tremble, your eyesight to fail, and your soul to despair. Your life will constantly hang in the balance. You will live night and day in fear, unsure if you will survive. 
In the morning you will say, If only it were night. And in the evening you will say, If only it were morning. For you will be terrified by the awful horrors you see around you. Then the Lord will send you back to Egypt in ships, to a destination I promised you would never see again. There you will offer to sell yourselves to your enemies as slaves, but no one will buy you. 4, 3, 2, 1 Isaiah 22, 1-24-23 This message came to me, Isaiah, concerning Jerusalem, the Valley of Vision. What is happening? Why is everyone running to the rooftops? The whole city is in a terrible uproar. What do I see in this rebelling city? Bodies are lying everywhere, killed, not in battle, but by famine and disease. All your leaders have fled. They surrendered without resistance. The people tried to slip away, but they were captured, too. That's why I said, leave me alone to weep. Do not try to comfort me. Let me cry for my people as I watch them being destroyed. Oh, what a day of crushing defeat. What a day of confusion and terror brought by the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies, upon the valley of vision. The walls of Jerusalem have been broken, and cries of death echo from the mountainsides. Elamites are the archers with their chariots and charioteers. The men of Kerr hold up the shields. Chariots fill your beautiful valleys, and charioteers storm your gates. Judah's defenses have been stripped away. You run to the armory for your weapons. You inspect the breaks in the walls of Jerusalem. You store up water in the lower pool. You survey the houses and tear some down for stone to strengthen the walls. Between the city walls you build a reservoir for water from the old pool. But you never ask for help from the one who did all this. You never considered the one who planned this long ago. At that time the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies, called you to weep and mourn. He told you to shave your heads in sorrow for your sins and to wear clothes of burlap to show your remorse. But instead you dance and play, you slaughter cattle and kill sheep. You feast on meat and drink wine. You say, let's feast and drink, for tomorrow we die. The Lord of Heaven's armies has revealed this to me. Till the day you die, you will never be forgiven for this sin. That is the judgment of the Lord, the Lord of Heaven's armies. This is what the Lord, the Lord of Heaven's armies, said to me. Confront Shebna, the palace administrator, and give him this message. Who do you think you are, and what are you doing here, building a beautiful tomb for yourself, a monument high up in the rock? For the Lord is about to hurl you away, mighty man. He is going to grab you, crumple you into a ball, and toss you away into a distant barren land. There you will die, and your glorious chariots will be broken and useless. You are a disgrace to your master. Yes, I will drive you out of office, says the Lord. I will pull you down from your high position. And then I will call my servant Eliakim, son of Hilkiah, to replace you. I will dress him in your royal robes, and will give him your title and your authority. And he will be a father to the people of Jerusalem and Judah. I will give him the key to the house of David, the highest position in the royal court. When he opens doors, no one will be able to close them. When he closes doors, no one will be able to open them. 
He will bring honor to his family name, for I will drive him firmly in place, like a nail in the wall. They will give him great responsibility, and he will bring honor to even the lowliest members of his family. But the Lord of Heaven's armies also says, The time will come when I will pull out the nail that seemed so firm. It will come out and fall to the ground. Everything it supports will fall with it. I, the Lord, have spoken. This message came to me concerning Tyre. Wail, you trading ships of Tarshish, for the harbor and houses of Tyre are gone. The rumors you heard in Cyprus are all true. Mourn in silence, you people of the coast, and you merchants of Sidon. Your traders crossed the sea, sailing over deep waters. They brought you grain from Egypt and harvests from along the Nile. You were the marketplace of the world. But now you are put to shame, city of Sidon, for Tyre, the fortress of the sea, says, Now I am childless. I have no sons or daughters. When Egypt hears the news about Tyre, there will be great sorrow. Send word now to Tarshish. Wail, you people who live in distant lands. Is this silent ruin all that is left of your once joyous city? What a long history was yours. Think of all the colonists you sent to distant places. Who has brought this disaster on Tyre, that great creator of kingdoms? Her traders were all princes, her merchants were nobles. The Lord of Heaven's armies has done it, to destroy your pride and to bring low all earth's nobility. Come, people of Tarshish, sweep over the land like the flooding Nile, for Tyre is defenseless. The Lord held out his hand over the sea and shook the kingdoms of the earth. He has spoken out against Phoenicia, ordering that her fortresses be destroyed. He says, Never again will you rejoice, O daughter of Sidon, for you have been crushed. Even if you flee to Cyprus, you will find no rest. Look at the land of Babylonia. The people of that land are gone. The Assyrians have handed Babylon over to the wild animals of the desert. They have built siege ramps against its walls, torn down its palaces, and turned it to a heap of rubble. Wail, you ships of Tarshish, for your harbor is destroyed. For seventy years, the length of a king's life, Tyre will be forgotten. But then the city will come back to life as in the song about the prostitute. Take a harp and walk the streets, you forgotten harlot. Make sweet melody and sing your song, so you will be remembered again. Yes, after seventy years the Lord will revive Tyre. But she will be no different than she was before. She will again be a prostitute to all kingdoms around the world. But in the end her profits will be given to the Lord. Her wealth will not be hoarded but will provide good food and fine clothing for the Lord's priests. Look, the Lord is about to destroy the earth and make it a vast wasteland. He devastates the surface of the earth and scatters the people. Priests and lay people, servants and masters, maids and mistresses, buyers and sellers, lenders and borrowers, bankers and debtors, none will be spared. The earth will be completely emptied and looted. The Lord has spoken. The earth mourns and dries up, and the land wastes away and withers. 
Even the greatest people on earth waste away. The earth suffers for the sins of its people. For they have twisted God's instructions, violated His laws, and broken His everlasting covenant. Therefore, a curse consumes the earth. Its people must pay the price for their sin. They are destroyed by fire, and only a few are left alive. The grapevines waste away, and there is no new wine. All the merrymakers sigh and mourn. The cheerful sound of tambourines is stilled. The happy cries of celebration are heard no more. The melodious chords of the harp are silent. Gone are the joys of wine and song. Alcoholic drink turns bitter in the mouth. The city rides in chaos. Every home is locked to keep out its intruders. Mobs gather in the streets, crying out for wine. Joy has turned to gloom. Gladness has been banished from the land. The city is left in ruins, its gates battered down. Throughout the earth the story is the same. Only a remnant is left. Like the stray olives left on the tree or the few grapes left on the vine after harvest. But all who are left shout and sing for joy. Those in the west praise the Lord's majesty. In eastern lands give glory to the Lord. In the lands beyond the sea praise the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. We hear songs of praise from the ends of the earth, songs that give glory to the righteous one. But my heart is heavy with grief. Weep for me, for I wither away. Deceit still prevails, and treachery is everywhere. Terror and traps and snares will be your lot, you people of the earth. Those who flee in terror will fall into a trap, and those who escape the trap will be caught in a snare. Destruction falls like rain from the heavens. The foundations of the earth shake. The earth has broken up. It has utterly collapsed. It is violently shaken. The earth staggers like a drunk. It trembles like a tent in a storm. It falls and will not rise again, for the guilt of its rebellion is very heavy. In that day, the Lord will punish the gods in the heavens and the proud rulers of the nations on earth. They will be rounded up and put in prison. They will be shut up in prison and will finally be punished. Then the glory of the moon will wane, and the brightness of the sun will fade. For the Lord of heaven's armies will rule on Mount Zion. He will rule in great glory in Jerusalem, in the sight of all the leaders of his people. Galatians 2, 17-3, 9 But suppose we, Paul and other believers, seek to be made right with God through faith in Christ, and then we are found guilty because we have abandoned the law. Would that mean Christ has led us into sin? Absolutely not. Rather, I am a sinner if I rebuild the old system of law I already tore down. For when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements, so that I might live for God. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me 
and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Yeshua to die. O foolish Galatians! Who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Yeshua's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Yeshua. In the same way, Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. The real children of Abraham, then, are those who put their faith in God. What's more, the scriptures looked forward to this time, when God would make the Gentiles right in his sight because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago, when he said, All nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Yeshua share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. Psalm 60, 1-12 You have rejected us, O God, and broken our defenses. You have been angry with us. Now restore us to your favor. You have shaken our land and split it open. Seal the cracks, for the land trembles. You have been very hard on us, making us drink wine that sent us reeling. But you have raised a banner for those who fear you, a rallying point in the face of attack. Now rescue your beloved people, answer and save us by your power. God has promised this by his holiness. I will divide up Shechem with joy. I will measure out the valley of Sukkot. Gilead is mine, and Manasseh too. Ephraim, my helmet, will produce my warriors, and Judah, my scepter, will produce my kings. But Moab, my washbasin, will become my servant, and I will wipe my feet on Edom and shout in triumph over Philistia. Who will bring me into the fortified city? Who will bring me victory over Edom? Have you rejected us, O God? Will you no longer march with our armies? Oh, please help us against our enemies, for all human help is useless. With God's help, we will do mighty things, for he will trample down our foes. Proverbs 23:15 and 16 My child, if your heart is wise, my own heart will rejoice. Everything in me will celebrate when you speak what is right. I want to zoom in today on Isaiah chapter 23, and in this chapter, it is a prophecy about the ancient city of Tyre. And what I'm going to do is share with you a a very good production. It's just four minutes long. It's found on YouTube, and it's the biblical prophecy about Tyre. 
and that's where it's from. It's on YouTube, and it's titled Biblical Prophecy About Tyre. It's about four minutes long, and it's really fascinating, and it it ties into Isaiah chapter 23 and also some other chapters from Ezekiel. An article on Clemson University's website states, One of the strongest objective evidences for the validity of Christianity and the reliability of the Bible is the phenomenon of fulfilled prophecy. The Bible is unique among all other religious books in this regard. Although a few other religious books have made prophetic predictions, none of these predictions has been specifically fulfilled like those in the Bible. The Bible contains literally hundreds of specific prophecies that have been fulfilled in specific ways. Furthermore, the Bible actually sets itself up for objective verification based on the fulfillment or non-fulfillment of its prophecies. And this is the story of just one of those prophecies. In Ezekiel chapter 26, we read of several specific prophetic predictions against the city-state of Tyre. They include that Nebuchadnezzar would destroy the mainland city of Tyre, and that the debris of the city would be thrown into the water. Also, that the city would become a bare rock, and that many nations would come against Tyre. Again, there was a prophecy that the city would never be rebuilt, and that fishermen would spread their nets over the site. Amazingly, each of these predictions was completely fulfilled in history. Interestingly enough, they were not fulfilled at the same time and place, but here's how they were fulfilled. In 573 BC, King Nebuchadnezzar destroyed the mainland city of Tyre after a 13-year siege. However, upon entering the city, he found that the majority of the people had fled by ship to the island city of Tyre, only about a half mile off the coast. King Nebuchadnezzar and his armies left, and the people of the island city of Tyre thought that they were safe from invaders. Then, in 332 BC, Alexander the Great came to conquer the city-state. Upon discovering the abandoned ruins of the mainland city, Alexander's men were taunted by the people on the island city who were confident that no one could ever again destroy them. This enraged Alexander, and since his navy was still far off, he ordered his men to begin constructing a causeway from the mainland to the island, using the debris from the mainland city. Thus, he fulfilled the prophecy which predicted that the debris of the city would be thrown into the water. Upon completion of the causeway, Alexander's navy arrived. He had ships from nations that he had conquered like Sidon, Eridus, Byblus, Cyprus, and many other nations who would help him in his campaign against Tyre. Again, Alexander fulfilled a prophecy that many nations would come against Tyre. The remnants of Tyre remained until it was utterly destroyed by Muslims in AD 1291 during the Crusades. At that point, the city of Tyre was turned to ruins and remains ruins to this day. Although the modern city of Tyre exists a few miles down the coast, the ancient city has never been rebuilt, thus fulfilling that prophecy. The fulfillment of another prediction can be observed today. The only thing left on the site of the original city is a small fishing village. Even today, fishermen can be seen drying their nets upon the rocks.
The fulfilled prophecies about the city-state of Tyre are evidence that the Bible is indeed trustworthy. Tyre was destroyed, and every detail of the prophecies about that city were fulfilled with absolute accuracy. But while this is compelling evidence that the Bible can and should be trusted, the ultimate question is this. Is your life, the way you live your life, enough evidence to convince anyone of the reliability of the Bible? Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.